Welcome to the Healing Business Podcast. I'm your host, Holly Boulay, aka The Abundant Healer. I'm here to support the healers of the world, the coaches, the authors, the spiritual entrepreneurs, the spiritual teachers and mentors. I'm here to help you elevate your message, reach more people and receive abundantly in return. In this podcast, you can expect to receive wisdom, resources, meditations, and interviews that will help you gain inspiration, creativity, to really elevate the impact you have and how you can step into that receivership and power for the services you offer. I look forward to hearing how you find this episode, so please feel free to reach out, give feedback, and share on social media or with your friends and family. And don't forget to hit subscribe. I look forward to hearing from you on the other side. So hello, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Healing Business Podcast. And today I have the beautiful Nicole with me. And can I hand over to you to uh, just introduce yourself and tell everyone a little bit about you and what you do? Absolutely. Um, So hello, everybody. I am Nicole Shields. I'm the founder of Holistic Serenity. Um, I guess predominantly, hmm, what would I describe myself as? I guess I'm an an accredited international training provider. I teach students worldwide sound healing, crystal healing and Reiki. I hold retreats, I hold women's circles, I hold a host large group sound baths as well as individual sessions. I guess at the heart of what I do, I support people to sort of move into a space of self-awareness and compassion so that they can find their own purpose and work with their sole purpose, I guess is the best way I could put it. That sounds beautiful. And I can hear your passion in your voice as you talk about that. I would love to know, what was it that brought you into this world? What what led you into this space of holistic healing? It was in my bones, really. It was in my DNA. And not just for many lifetimes, but I grew up in a really progressive household. Um, my mother was an acupuncturist and Chinese herbalist. There were crystals dotted around my home as a child growing up. Tarot cards were there, singing bowls were there. Um, yeah, my both my parents were mediums as well. So it wasn't really a surprise that I kind of ended up on this path. But I spent a lot of time rebelling against that because all of these practices are so integrated into life now and accepted. But I was a child of the 80s and it wasn't a done thing then. So I really rebelled against my roots um, and went the opposite direction. But like most people, Reiki found me at a very young age. And that sort of opened the doors. So I knew sort of late teens that I wanted to work with energy. And I was already working with crystals and tarot then anyway. And it just kind of took me on a journey. Life happens, doesn't it? You go through losses, you go through grief, you go through trauma. And in each of those situations, I sought out modalities to help me. 
things like that, our remedies, um, working with crystals more intensely and understanding how to utilise them in daily life um, and working with ritual and, and spells and things like that. And the more it became ingrained in my life and my way of being, I wanted to give it to other people because I'd come from a background of having a lot of anxiety, a lot of confidence issues. I'd been involved in really damaging relationships because I didn't hold that self-worth. So I think as I sort of went through my own process, I realised I want to help other people sort of come through this as well. Wow. And I'm I'm just imagining growing up in a household like that and I can imagine, yeah, the rebellious side might come out of actually, I want to go mainstream. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> and the irony, right? Like many of us come into this world as a rebellious act. And for you, it was perhaps a little bit of the opposite. It was coming back home. That's exactly what it is, actually. I do distinctly remember when I was about, because I left home at 16 and I was so adamant I was going to carve out a life of my own. But I remember my mum saying to me, you will come full circle and you will come back to your roots. And I think I had a lot of um, inner conflict with that. Um, you know, as I said, in the 80s, life was very different. We talk about source, we talk about the divine now. We're really in touch with that. The word God does not strike fear and repulsion in the hearts of people and youngsters now. But in that age, it did. And I grew up with source being a very big part of my life. Once I hit my teens, I was so desperate to move away from that. Um, so I had this real inner conflict and struggle. So coming back to this space of, okay, yeah, coming home, really, if you hit the nail on the head and accepting this is who I am, it's who I've been for lifetimes. I have been a healer for lifetimes and just acknowledging that um, and then surrendering to the process. And it's taken me on a beautiful journey um, that I never expected. <laughs> and, you know, as a mum of three, that fills me with a lot of hope. <laughs> <laughs> because yeah my kids have had that whole um rebelling against not rebelling I wouldn't even say rebelling but the kind of dismissiveness do you know what I mean that we all have towards our parents we all think yes. right our parents know nothing and then we grow up and go oh yeah yeah they did know what they were talking about um so it's lovely and actually I'm already seeing little glimpses of it now so um, like I, I know my kids used to write me off as woo-woo or strange. I, I can remember once meditating in the lounge and my friend, um, my daughter had a friend round and she took her downstairs um, and said, oh, don't worry about my mum. She's just weird. <laughs> and I could hear this while I was meditating. But I've already started to see glimpses of, you know, she started buying the odd crystal and there's incense in her room and oh she's just bought some like divination cards and I'm like, Yeah, she's she's getting that. <laughs> it's so much more accepted nowadays though as well, isn't it? It's so much more accepted and integrated into modern society where I think ritual and this move of moving back to this place of reclamation of our divine feminine, our inner wisdom, is really apparent on social media and love it or hate it. Personally, I love it, I think, because it really gets all these practices and these wisdoms and this knowledge out there to the forefront of young people and 
and even those that are, you know, in our forties, fifties, and sixties, who perhaps aren't sure of how to move into that space, it just brings this awareness, and I love that. Yeah, I agree. I think these younger generations have had a lot of criticism. I think from a lot of the older generations around their embracing of the holistic side, but I think it it could only be a positive thing that they're moving towards and even acknowledging things like their emotions and their mental health and actually saying, no, do you know what? That that corporate world isn't any good for me and I'm not going to do it. Um, I'm, I wonder what, how the world would look like if that, the generation before it had the, you know, the foresight to do that. But I think it's only exciting to see where this goes providing yeah. the, the next generation doesn't rebel. <laughs> I don't know. I just feel like they're so switched on. They understand, like, they, they, there's just not this fear. You've got these youngsters now in their 20s and they're just creating businesses and they're setting things up. They understand positive thinking and manifestation. And I just think they've got a lot of wisdom that perhaps we didn't have. They've got this knowledge that's there available and they're utilising it to its potential. Of course, there's pros and cons, you know, with everything. But in terms of that, I, I don't know. I just, I see a lot of people in their teens and 20s and I think, I wish I had not only that, um, the insight and the knowledge, but also that the um, confidence to just go, go for it and, and create without fear of what might go wrong. Yeah, and I I wonder whether there might be a link between because like I don't know about you, but I wasn't young enough to be brought up with social media, and in some ways I'm very no. very grateful for that. Oh, yeah, <laughs> but I wonder whether because that generation was, they are more able to just put themselves out there, and they don't think anything of just sharing. Whereas. I know with my own business journey, the thought of going live on like Facebook or something filled me with huge fear, um, which I had to move through. But and that kind of brings me on to, you know, what was your journey going into the business side? How have you found that that shifting from these being personal practice like practices into one, sharing them with the world, but two, that whole visibility piece that is it's huge, right? As us, you know. As yeah, it is. As a woman in my 40s, it was a huge, huge block to, yeah, be seen, be visible. So, you know, I had all these practices that I've been doing since a teenager. And, you know, I was the the rock chick, you know, I hung out with all the boys and down the pub and, and for rock and methy nights and the girlfriends they knew there was this side of me because we'd all talk and we'd work with crystals and we'd do things and then you'd go down the pub and you'd hang out with the boys and it would be this it, there was a divide in my life you know there was social Nick and then there was Nicole and when I set up the business the two entities like I had my Facebook page the business page and an Instagram page that was completely separate and not linked to my personal profile. And I guess the more deep into my work I went, where I started channeling, working with light language and all sorts of things, like really, I had to eventually accept I've 
got to kind of marry the two and that brought up a lot of fear within me a lot of fear of what people would think people who perhaps thought they knew me because they knew one side of me years ago but they didn't really know who I was so it took a lot of inner work to just put myself out there in the public forum and be seen um I used to absolutely choke up as well, like being on camera. I would be able to hold sound bars, not a problem. Group of 40 people in front of me, no sweat. Stick a camera in my face. And I just, my husband used to get furious with me because I would burst into hysterics or I'd just choke. Um, in COVID really was the catalyst of change for that because everything immediately flipped on its head. And I had to be able to present myself online that kind of meant letting go of that fear. And the more I went on this journey, I had to accept what I was saying and what I was sharing and the work I was doing was having a positive impact on other people. And it was allowing them the space to speak their truth, to find their voice and share their light. And I understood you've just got to, you've got to move through it. So I have had to work deep and, there is light language on my channel and there are people who will know me from 20 years ago who are just like, I can't even process this, who you are. But I kind of realised that it wasn't about them. This is about me supporting other people and me being seen and me showing up just as I am. All my flaws, all my facets, all my kooky ways. I'm <laughs> the girl that talks to angels every day, and that's the truth of the matter. And really, that's been my life since a teenager. I think owning that and coming back to this place of reclamation of my own power, my own gifts, and just ignoring what other people might think because they don't know me has paved the way for other people to do the same. I see that in my students and it's amazing like how we do we have this fear of being seen and what will people think and you know you have if you're not authentic if you're not speaking your truth I think people really see that and they feel it um but it, yeah it's a process and it takes time and there's lots of layers to it and I don't think there's a, a truth it's all approach Day by no, day but I have to say what you said really um you know reminded me of my journey and that thought process of and again it was around the COVID time where I was like it you know it's not about me you need to show up and actually there's people out there that you could be helping right now and I think that's that's quite an, an empowering feeling right to know that actually it doesn't matter what my little ego is saying. It doesn't matter that she wants to shrink down and hide because actually I've got something that could be, you know, valuable to people that they might they might really help them in this moment. So who am I to not do that? Um, yeah. And I, I would love to know when you did, like, merge those two worlds of, you know, the social Nick and this business beautiful side of you that's the spiritual side and all of you what sort of reaction did you get from the people in your life was there any reactions that surprised you um it's quite interesting I mean I don't know where your thoughts are. I know you focus on the medicine woman and I do believe that we bring this medicine element 
Um, but I also believe greatly in the ascension and, you know, the timing of everything. I had a lot of people um, that said nothing, I suppose. And this is pre-COVID as well, you know, when I really sort of put myself out on the forefront. A lot of people said nothing. A lot of people said nothing. But when they see me, oh, it's amazing what you're doing. I don't get it, but well done for sort of chasing your dreams. Um, but as times have progressed, especially the last three, four years, I've noticed, I guess people just don't interact as much on social media, um, unless mm. it's something more personal, which is fine. Um, Facebook has got this amazing facility where you can create lists. So I have a list on my profile of friends and family, and I have one for business associates or clients and things like that, so that I can decide which post I put out reaches which audience. That means the people that really have no interest whatsoever in my work aren't bombarded with that. So that was a good tool. Yeah, a lot of people just sort of melt away and drift away. And I think that's okay. I think the further you go on the journey, you understand that who you become in your past, your journey, it isn't meant for everyone and it's not meant for everyone to understand. And there's a wonderful saying, you know, what people think of you is none of your business. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I really do feel that. I do occasionally think, oh, what must people think of me? And I think it doesn't really matter because all that matters is the people who are uplifted or are sparked by something that I do or I say or that I've channeled. Um, and from that little, you know, teenager who was scared, so scared of what people thought, I just, it doesn't matter, this is who I am. Um, I've come a long way. But yeah, I think people don't say anything, they'll just sort of melt away a little bit and others will just speak out in private when they see. And it is interesting, as you say, as times have changed even recently, you know, just the past few years. You know, I know I have far, I'll give you an example. I went to um, my niece's 21st birthday like last, last year. And um, I was at a barbecue with like, so it was our side of the family and the other side of the family ended up chatting to her uncle. And he was like, what do you do? It's that question, right? It's like, what do you do? And I was like, well, I'm a meditation teacher and a teacher of Ayurveda and I, I teach Reiki. And and and, he, and it was someone that I just hadn't presumed would, like, be interested at all. And he was like, really? Oh, I went on retreat with Deepak. And I was like, really? And we ended up having this big, long conversation. So I think it's amazing, actually, how we can... I think some of us that have been in this world for a while, and, and I would love to get your view on this, but I know I certainly can fall into that trap of thinking, you know, where's my where's my woo woo crew? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Where's you know yeah. you you can generally fill those people out quite quickly, but I'm finding that's getting increasingly more difficult because the the woo woo is going mainstream, right? So it's like especially as people are starting to understand you know the benefits of things like Chinese medicine or mm. energy meditations or mindfulness it's it's really interesting to see where this goes I think because I know even my dad who's 
you know, very conservative in many ways. Um, you know, he was taking many of my remedies during COVID to make sure that he, you know, stayed stayed clear of COVID or and he had a, a couple of health issues at the time. So I think it is amazing to see where this goes. And I wonder how long it'll be before it is very much the norm. Do you know what I mean? I don't, but that's, yeah. that's what I wonder. Yeah, no, very much so. Actually, it's quite funny because I do get messages out of the blue from people that I've known from years ago. And actually, even a couple of weeks ago, someone who was a regular drinking buddy and went on to be a really um, successful tattoo artist, actually, he'd messaged me and said, I'm really interested in sound healing. I want to understand the science behind it. And I was like, yeah, okay, no problem. I can send you loads of studies and things. So I did. And when I, it made me sort of think about my career with sound healing and when I first started it wasn't particularly known about and it was really a female dominated um, area and modality and we'd do group sound baths and maybe you got one or two guys would come along and you could see they were they'd been brought under duress from their partners and you could see them with arms folded and you know and then you would see them visibly relaxed during the sound bath but now there are so many men, and I think because there is a definitive science to it and they can understand and almost quantify the, you know, the, the talk of frequencies and how it slows the brainwaves down into like a beta state or a delta state, even, um, people understand that. And the response, I think it, you're right, things are definitely more in the mainstream. People are more open to doing these practices, and maybe I notice it more being in Ibiza is possible because people do come here to receive and that there's such a big variety of spiritual offerings that people seek that out but even so I still get so many men that will come to an event um we had a big corporate event a couple of weeks ago at a hotel um got people from finances from New York and there was one guy that arrived early and he was like, I want to know how long this is going to take. <clears throat> oh my goodness, an hour, you, you're expecting me to lay there for an hour. And I was like, I am actually, and I'm going to ask you to take your shoes off and I'm going to smudge you before you come into the sacred space. And you could just see him like looking at his clock and he's just oh, I don't want to be here, I don't have time for this. And then, of course, when you're holding the space and you're constantly looking to make sure, is everybody okay? And at the end, he stayed behind and was telling me, like, I didn't expect that. I had the most amazing experience. He was seeing all different colours that correlated to the seven main chakras, which were the singing bowls we were working with. And he had loads of suppressed memories and things that had come to the surface. And with sound specifically, it creates big change very, very quickly. And it's amazing to see how someone very scientific... um they change very quickly. It's it has a huge impact in their approach or their um I guess how they their acceptance of meditation and practices like that completely changes. That's amazing to see. And it's true, right? Those people that tend to be most resistant are often the people that need it the most. Yeah. And uh, and I look you know, I can just imagine how that must have felt for you to know that you've taken someone on that journey of reluctance to just 
you know, I can imagine he was in pure awe after that experience of going into it with such a, a closed mind, I suppose. And um, it reminds me of that phrase that, you know, most people are in therapy for the people that won't go to therapy, but the people in their lives that would go to therapy. And I often think it's similar with healing, right? In yeah. the healing modalities. Most of us are drawn to healing because of the people in our lives that need healing. Yeah. Yeah. Without a shadow of doubt. And of course, it's women, like our individual and collective healing journeys is very much you heal yourself. You're healing your grandmother. You're healing your mother. You're healing your great grandmother. It's this seven generational thing. And I think people don't often really understand that. But the impact of healing yourself liberates the generations before you. It's a huge and the huge generations thing. to come. Yes. And I know that was for me that was a huge um motivation in my journey was I could just see the patterns I was playing out and I just kept thinking because I've got two girls and I kept thinking, I'm teaching them what it is to be a woman. And that kind of hit me then and I thought because kids don't do what you say, right? They do what you do. <laughs> and and for me that all of a sudden I felt the urgency to my healing like you got to get your stuff together do you know what I mean but yeah that that generational healing how I can then look back on my ancestors with you know pure love and compassion for the journeys they went through and I feel a deep sense connection because of those patterns that I've had to work through in each generation let go of it a little bit a little bit yeah, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful interweaving healing, right, of all those generations before and to come. Yeah, very much. And it's a, it's a long process, but like you say, it is a beautiful process because I think the more that you go into the journey, the more you start to read gently, I hope, you know, unpick and revel all these different facets you start to see like where certain behavior or patterns of yours have come from. Um, and I have found it, it's really interesting. I think the more that you connect to your genetic lineage, the more that you connect to your ancestors in meditation or in practice and set that intention, oh, I want to work with you, I want to release this or, you know, some aspect of behavior or patterns or unhealthy habits and thought processes you'll hold. And the intuitive thoughts that you know you're receiving directly from your ancestors or your family members in spirit that are coming through and the things that you see, the more you open to the process, the more you receive. And it's, it's a never-ending journey. I mean, our healing work, our learning, our progression, it's uh, that will never change and it spans lifetimes and dimensions. And that's beautiful in itself and I think that's one of the um, misconceptions that many people go in with, right? Like there's this end point of when I'm going to feel <laughs> when I'm going to feel great. Like you know, I'm sorry, kids, but you're still going to have a load more work to do. I've done the best with what I've had, you know. Um, not to mention how many more lifetimes I've got to go, but. But once you accept that, I think that's quite liberating, right? Because you have far more compassion with yourself around, oh, well, you know, I'm not there yet. I'm doing the best I can. I'm moving forward. 
It's a really good point about compassion as well. And I think, you know, modern day, we're so programmed, aren't we, to, especially as women, to fulfill all of these different roles. And modern life has really moved us away from our divine feminine power, where we we were just simply happy to be and to feel. And then, yeah, society sort of programmed us. And so many of us juggle all of these roles, wife, mother, daughter, you know, employer, employee. And it is draining. And we've moved away from being in touch with our emotions and our feelings and honouring them and allowing them to be our strengths. You know, somewhere along the line, our emotions became something to be ashamed of. And we hid from that and how, you know, insulted women are if they're asked, oh, are you on your cycle? Um, you know, things like that. When actually our emotions and the fact that we have this beautiful ebb and flow is our strength. It's our superpower. Um, so coming back to these practices, not only the healing, but I think it does. It opens up this, it opens up this arena for you to move into a place of space and connection for ourselves. And... I feel like, especially on the healing journey, modern society expects us to have answers. Well, there's an issue, there's something coming up for me, I need to fix it, I need to do something. But actually, sometimes it's just witnessing it, acknowledging it, mm. without the need to do anything. And I think that's what I love so much about how ancient practices like women's circles, red tent circles, are coming back to the forefront because we're really moving back into this space where just being, just witnessing without the need to do, just allow the emotions, allow the rage, and allow the pain, whatever it is to move through you. And then say, okay, what am I receiving from this? What insight is it giving me? Or do I just need to let it go? Completely. And <clears throat> it's really apt, actually. It's what we've been talking about in... Um, so I don't know if you know, but I I run a qualification to train people in as a coach by Ayurveda. And this this month we're just in women's health. And the amount and it's something that, you know, I, I remember feeling a lot of anger about once I, I realized that I had never been taught how to work with my cycle, how to nourish my body at certain times in the month, how to work with my emotions and my energy and actually it was okay that sometimes in my cycle I didn't want to socialize or I didn't have the energy to be doing like I'm sorry but whoever creates these tampon ads with women running oh god and it just makes me so angry that we're telling our younger generations to actually just because you're in your period doesn't mean you can't go run a marathon and I'm like no no actually it does and you should, should honor that yeah. yeah so I can remember when you know I I discovered that wisdom feeling like how do we not know this like why was my introduction to womanhood here's a tampon here's a pad you know go crack on was <laughs> kind of yeah. the not this beautiful initiation into wow you're a woman now and this is what it means and and you get to work in harmony with the moon and you know that real magical side to being a woman but I do love 
like you say, I have to keep reminding myself that this this next generation coming through is getting this and they seem to be drawn to this and it's we're waking up, right? We've gotta be we've gotta be waking up to this. There's more awake than asleep. There definitely is in this movie, and it is. It's a reclamation of our power, of our innate wisdom. You know, you've, you've made me think about something. Um, I kind of did have a bit of an initiation when I started my periods. I remember being mortified. that I remember coming on the first period, and I remember receiving a letter from my grandparents in Switzerland. And uh, it was written by my granddad saying, congratulations, you're a woman now. And we're so proud. This is an amazing phase of your life. And I remember there being a £20 note. And I remember being absolutely mortified, mortified and being so furious with my mum. Like, oh, my God, you know. And so many women didn't have that beautiful acceptance. But even at 13, I remember the absolute rage and the horror of it. Part of our programming. And it's only now that I look back and I'm like, actually, what a beautiful gift. <laughs> um, but isn't it interesting that you're so programmed? You know, I suppose maybe I'd seen it at school. Or I don't really know, but... But even before this element of, of shame. And what's yeah. interesting is that um, I actually had the most horrendous cycles um, from a very early age. The pain was horrific. And I would have like one normal cycle and then the next would be so heavy that it was ridiculous. I mean, every hour I was getting through two good night pads. And I mean, those days used to waddle like a duck <laughs> um, but I, I do wonder now understanding the power of your cycles and how naturally without anything without just food and practices and actually thought process really and affirmations you can change your cycle no wonder did I ever bring that on because I suffered for many 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 years with my cycle it wasn't until I trained as a circle woman circle facilitator that I actually learned how to work properly with your cycle and how to use it for your strength and your power and transformation. But it's no wonder, right, that because we're not taught that, we're taught it's and I do think that's beautiful that your granddad <laughs> wrote that letter and especially like you say at that time. I certainly remember it being that there was shame attached to it. It was a dirty little secret. You know, you didn't really talk about it. And um, apart from perhaps with your close girlfriends of, oh, you know, really bad cramps this month or something. And then someone yeah. would give you some painkillers. That was really the only time that it was mentioned. Or if you couldn't go swimming, people wanted to know why. Or, you know. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. So, I mean, what a, a beautiful way. But I've I've heard a lot of stories about how people are bringing back those initiations for young girls of, you know, coming into a place of womanhood and celebrating it with the women in their family and, and wider than that, um, which I think is beautiful. I kind of missed the boat with my girls on that and I feel a little bit sad about that, but who knows what the generations to come will do and whether that will start becoming the norm again. That would be good, wouldn't that? That would be good. When we think back, you know, in ancient times, women would 
A, we were all in sync for a start. Yeah. And we would come away from the village and we would just gather collectively and, and have all these beautiful self-care practices and nurturing and nourishing ourselves. Um, I don't know if modern society can allow for that, but it would be amazing. But these practices are coming back in. Yeah. And I believe there's a huge, a huge need for that more than ever. That, because I don't know about you, but there's times, I, don't, I remember having a time the other month where I planned things wrong in my business. So I was doing a lot during my cycle and, um, the kids were doing a lot and there was, there was all of these things. And I, and normally I'm quite organized and I know that, you know, those sort of weeks I tend to take quite slowly and don't plan too much in. And I can remember thinking like, yeah, red tents, please can someone bring back the red tent that I could do with a few days of, you know, just doing some crafts sat around with like other women in my community. Um, so yeah, interesting. So what I would love to know is for the people out there that are feeling that call within, that feeling of I want to get myself out there, share my services, share these practices I've been doing, what advice would you give them to, you know, move forward and perhaps park that ego side that's like, don't do it, don't don't put yourself out there? What advice would you give? Really good question. I suppose I would invite them to think about, first of all, somebody that has inspired them, someone who's shown up, who's spoken their truth. And it could be as simple as guiding someone through a meditation. It could be as simple as, yeah, talking about how they manage their cycles. It could be a really insightful social media post or a video of them just talking. What has lit you up what illuminated you and why why did that stay with you how did it impact you and you know if that's made an impact to you then think about how your truth your experience your wisdom because each of us have got our own unique way of looking at something or explaining it or understanding it that could make a difference to someone just the way it did you and maybe you watched a, a little podcast or you watched a video or a 30-second story or something, a reel, and it triggered and it ignited or activated something within you. And it kind of changed the entire course and it took you on this journey because of one little video or one post. So the magic of that, your one post or your one video, even if it is you just sharing your emotions or feelings for that day and being brave enough to be seen could ignite a spark in someone else and allow them to go on their entire journey. I just think our light is so important and it's so needed right now. And people are going to judge you no matter what you do, whether you say something or you don't. But I really believe that in terms of energy, in terms of frequency, we attract what we emit. In terms, So people will naturally gravitate to you who are meant to be in your energetic field who are meant to receive your healing you know I, like you I teach Reiki and um, I've always said this and I will maintain this you could have 10 Reiki masters or healers living in next door to one another in the same street no one will ever be shy of work because 
each healer has got their own lessons, their own medicine, their own frequency, and they will attract the right people for them. So it's not coming from a lack, it's coming in from a, a place of trust, that knowing your light will reach the right people. And that's why, more than ever now, we need people's light. And if you knew one post or one story you know, help someone change their entire life from a place of darkness into a place of hope and light. It'd be worth it. That's my beautiful. It's a beautiful so. advice. Absolutely beautiful. And I completely agree. And it, it reminds me, I remember my coach saying to me right at the beginning of my business journey, you know, I can remember being really worried about failing and, you know, worried about what would people think and what if I screw it all up and, you know, what if I say the wrong thing? And she said, yeah, but what if you help one person, just one person, which just one person's life is transformed by something you say because you were brave enough to show up. And that was enough for me then. That was enough for me to go, yeah, like that would be worth it, right? That would be worth the fear and the anxiety and the, you know, the judgment. And to be fair, I wasn't even that bothered about the judgment, really. I think it was just we're so conditioned to kind of think like we should care what other people think. Mm-hmm. But I don't know about you, but, you know, I think genuinely as we get older, we kind of liberate ourselves from that worry anyway right oh, yeah. like like I know in my teens and early 20s I was probably more concerned than ever <laughs> the older I've got the less it's even crossed my mind to worry what someone else thinks in my life but um yeah I think that was beautiful wisdom so thank you so much for sharing and if people yeah. want to find out more about you and what you do and get involved in your services how do they go about that Nicole um, so on Instagram, I am Holistic Serenity Official. I'm the same on Facebook. And my website is www.holisticserenity.co.uk. And, and um, there you will find all things sound healing, crystal healing, and angelic Reiki. <laughs> Beautiful. And we'll put the links in the show notes. So if you didn't catch that, don't worry. Go have a look at the notes. Um, but thank you. Thank you so much. It's been gorgeous having you with me. I've loved our chat. Um, And I'm sure my audience will will love to find out more about you and your services and will head over onto your website. So thank you again. Take care of yourselves, everyone, for listening. And no doubt we will see you soon. Take care. Take care, everyone. Thank you for joining me for today's episode. I so hope you got value and inspiration to take forward into your business. If there's anything you want to share with me, I would love to hear from you. So please feel free to reach out. And if you want to support me, if you could leave a review, subscribe, share with your friends, that would be fabulous. In the meantime, you can find out more about me and what I do at my website. Link is in the show notes. Otherwise, I will see you soon. Take care.